and welcome to episode 58 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. Our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. So here's how this works. Like every week, we have three recipes that we cooked and reviewed from popular food blogs, internet chefs, you know, anywhere I can find them on the World Wide Web. We'll have all these recipes, tips, the smorgasbord, and our shopping list on our website, dinnersisters.com. You can also get them sent directly to your inbox by subscribing to our newsletter if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening. All right, Kate, this week's recipes were slow cooker tortellini minestrone soup by Cafe Delights, slow cooker spinach and artichoke chicken from the kitchen, and honey balsamic slow cooker ribs by The Food Charlatan. So, you know, before we started this podcast, I had not a single clue of the rift, Betsy, Mm -hmm. between slow cooker fans and the Instant Pot fans. It's a thing. We yeah. found out. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out there's a little bit of rivalry between the two. And when we were talking about upcoming episodes, you and I thought we might feature some recipes that could maybe do both. Yeah, it turns out that a lot of recipes that work in a slow cooker can also be made in an instant pot. So we were happy to do an episode that had versions that kind of went either way. So you didn't have to kind right. of guess. Um and mm-hmm. I think this is important because a lot of people do. If you have a slow cooker, it's like two appliances. Yeah. I see. I see people that. are like, ah, I don't want to get. See, I hated my slow cooker because mm-hmm. I think it was like something was wrong with it. So mm-hmm. I just got rid of it and got an instant pot because it's a multi cooker. You can actually use it as a slow cooker, which is what I do now. Right. Um, so it's nice to have both. Not all these recipes were written for the Instant Pot, though. Most of them, I think all of them, are actually written for the slow cooker. Right. So what I'll have, yeah, so what I'll do in the show notes is I'll make sure to include the Instant Pot pot directions as I made them. Um, So if you want to use one or the other, you're welcome to. Right. And by, I mean, you can do both and we'll have all the easy instructions. I mean, Kate will just do all that work for us, guys. (laughs) Let's just give her a big thank you. A little project. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) A a project and a thank you. Um, Yeah, so I have been actually cooking a lot more in my Instant Pot this year, but it was kind of fun to, uh, you know, pull the slow cooker out for this episode. So let's get started. What do we have first? Well, first up, we have a slow cooker tortellini minestrone soup by Cafe Delights. And essentially, this is just an Italian style vegetable soup with cheese tortellini in it. You know, Mm -hmm. nothing bad about that. So for this recipe, you dice up an onion, carrots, and celery. You cut up some fresh green beans into three pieces, dice butternut squash or pumpkin, and a couple zucchini. Toss that into your pan. You season it with fresh garlic, Italian seasoning, basil, a couple bouillon cubes, parsley, bay leaves, tomato paste, and the rind from a chunk of Parmesan. Whew. A lot of stuff goes into the soup. (laughs) Yeah. Last, you put in a can of white beans and red kidney beans and a big can of fire-roasted diced tomatoes. And this cooks in a slow cooker on low for six to eight hours 
or on high for two to three hours. In the Instant Pot, you can cook on manual pressure for 12 minutes and do a quick release. So when it's cooked in either slow cooker or Instant Pot, you add the tortellini. Uh, the directions said it takes about 15 to 25 minutes in the slow cooker, depending upon if you use fat, fresh or dried, and then maybe five to 10 minutes in the Instant Pot on the saute setting. Again, whether you use fresh or dried. And lastly, what you do is you add in some spinach to kind of wilt it down, like the baby spinach, Mm -hmm. and you just serve with plenty of Parmesan cheese. How did this go? And how did you end up making it? Kate, she says she gives us stovetop directions for this. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it's the the theme of the whole episode, Betsy. I know. But I was just thinking. What, are we going to have to retitle this now? (laughs) Oh. I can't with you sometimes. <laughs> so I, just, I didn't want to pull my slow cooker out. And I saw and I thought, oh, gosh darn it. I have not made a, a podcast recipe this week and they're all slow cooker. And then I noticed this one had stovetop and I was, you know, I was kind of yeah. cutting it last minute. And I thought, I can do this tonight and I can be ahead. And maybe I just won't tell Kate that I didn't do it. <laughs> In the slow cooker, the instant pot. But I mean, for the benefit of everyone else, not for you, but for everyone else, um, she does give stovetop directions. And it just takes like a half an hour, 45 minutes or so. So um, there's an option, too. So it's really three options. Okay. So, so versatile. Even, so <laughs> versatile. We're, we're gonna, is that what we're going with? Yeah. All right. We'll go with uh-huh. versatile. Um, how did you, other than cheating, yeah. how did you um, like the taste of it? I liked it. And actually, I quizzed my family tonight on on favorites. Mm. And I can't remember exactly who, but one or two people, kids, were said the tortellini soup was their favorite of oh, the recipes nice. this week. So I thought it was just good. It's packed with vegetables. I, I like that, too. Yeah. Since I was making it on the stovetop, I was testing the broth as I made it. And um, I was a little <laughs> bit skeptical about the adding the extra bouillon, to be honest with you. Mm. I thought... It seems like they just add some sodium. I don't know. I just had a kind of a yeah. weird feeling about it. Um, but I, you should do it. Don't skip that because I thought yeah. it really took that flavor to the next level. And I, um, again, thought to myself, Betsy, don't question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you did yeah. actually follow a direction. It just wasn't like. Kate, she says you can make it on the stovetop. It's in the recipe. I just didn't follow the theme of the episode. It's not that I didn't follow right, I, the direction. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You did follow directions. Yeah, so I, I totally did. Trying all to get the way you... through. <clears throat> so how did you make this? You did okay. in the Instant Pot. I did. I, I didn't have time to make this in the slow cooker. I kind of wanted to, but I just didn't have time. Made it in the Instant Pot, which mm-hmm. was fine. It worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. I will say it made cooking the tortellini at the end a little awkward. I might just boil it on the side because mm-hmm. this makes a lot of soup. So then you've got all this tortellini soup for me and we ate it right up. We loved it. Mm-hmm. But the tortellini kind of starts to soak in the soup more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if you had like a separate t- container of tortellini and then like as you make your, your soup, like reheating it, just oh, throw a, a couple idea. tortellini in, mm-hmm. throw the rest of the soup in, and then it just kind of warms up together and it doesn't get super, super heat. Like the tortellini just kept getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> yes, it's like a tortellini sponge when you take it out, right. you know, later for leftovers. I mean, we ate it. It was yeah. really good. Yeah. I James did not understand that there's tortellini in there. So he was like, oh, 
And then there was cheese in some of the pasta. Mm -hmm. So he enjoyed that. This is just like a big vat of healthy, tasty, filling soup. Uh, A surprise, actually. Five out of five for me is what I'm going to rate this. How about you? I liked it, too. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Um, Mm. Ryan actually wasn't home the night I made this, but I'm not sure how he would have gone on this. The kids did love the green beans in there, I'll tell you that much, Uh, which was a funny little uh, thing for me. Um, Yeah, I liked it. I wouldn't say it, like, blew me out of the water. Didn't blow you away. But I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So What's our, up next? Our next recipe is slow cooker spinach and artichoke chicken from the kitchen. Yeah. This recipe had me when they said it was based on the idea of a spinach artichoke dip. I mean, come on. That just sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. So I also then the adult in me was like, oh, but it's more about the vegetables than heavy cream, which sounds more appropriate for a weeknight meal. Mm-hmm. So this is... Chicken breasts, garlic, artichoke hearts, shallots, lemons, and white wine go into your cooker. You cook in the slow cooker for two to three hours or in the pressure cooker for 10 to 12 minutes. When it's done, you stir in the baby spinach to wilt it. And I ended up serving this with some rice on the side. I mean, it is that simple, guys. There's there's literally nothing else to do but put things into your cooker. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, how did this go, Betsy? So I actually served this over linguine, and mm, it was nice. really good. Yeah, again, Ryan was traveling for part of the week, so he missed the first two, but had this as leftovers. Uh, okay. And then had the ribs, which is our third recipe. But my kids ate this up. They oh, nice. love artichokes. I just got the cans, you know? Yeah, me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. And it was easy. Like you said, you just dump all of that in there. I mean, could not be simpler. I yeah. will say... This kind of felt like a cooking light recipe. Like it it mm. feels like a healthy version, like you said. And so Ryan had leftovers. It does. Yeah, when he came home. And he was like, <laughs> it feels like it's sort of missing something. Like it just – and I was like, does it feel like it's missing a block of cream cheese? Because <laughs> – I mean, it is, but right. also, you know? Like, maybe we don't need to eat a block of cream cheese at <laughs> right. night, Ryan. Right. Maybe that's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, it, like, it does – it was the difference between a, like, cooking light and a taste of home recipe, basically, yes. you know? And we yes. were more on the cooking light on this, uh, on this particular one. I thought it was great. Kids loved it. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I, I agree. I liked the flavors. I agree with you that it wasn't definitely like I wouldn't have been sad if there was some dairy in there. On the other, <laughs> you know, yeah. On the other hand, I was also glad that there was no dairy in there, and I could eat it without feeling like I had to uh-huh. go like, you know, lay down like, afterwards. Lay down, right? <laughs> yes. um, at like eight o'clock at night, you're like snoozing on the couch. Uh-huh. No one needs that. It's not yeah. a good look. You know, I I also liked how easy this was to put together. Mm-hmm. It was. You know, it was very common ingredients: canned artichokes. I think I've, I've found everywhere I've lived, lemons, the spinach, and chicken breast. I've never found frozen artichoke hearts, and maybe I've just never looked for them. But I, you know, if, if you find them, use them. You know, in any case, this is a great recipe. Really, four out of five stars for me. This this might you know crop back up again when I'm looking for a kind of quick meal on a weeknight. Yeah, I'm going to give this a four out of five. I went kind of between a three and a half and a four mm. out of this. I thought it was really good. 
Honestly, I'm not sure if Ryan would be super happy to see this pop up on a menu again. But my kids really cha- my kids challenged him on this though. Now they're they're getting very opinionated Ooh. on podcast recipes and, and I like they that. So they're of, building their arguments. They are. They sort of let him have it on it. So I thought that was interesting this week. So, so, yeah. Yeah. You know what this would be, you know, before we move on to the next one, uh-huh. this is a recipe I would recommend for someone who is just starting to cook in a slow cooker or an instant pot, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of bang for your buck. Really simple. I don't know how you'd screw this. I, I don't know how you'd screw this up, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so if this is something, if you're kind of new to your Instant Pot or your slow cook, tr- give this one a try. Yeah, I agree. All right. So our last recipe for the episode is the Honey Balsamic Slow Cooker Ribs by the Food Charlatan. Yes. So who does not like a recipe for ribs? Really, mm-hmm. I mean, this is um, these. I feel like they're all over the internet for slow cookers and instant pot, and I like this one because the marinade and the glaze seemed a little different and you know kind of delicious. Mm-hmm. So first, you rub your ribs down with Dijon mustard, garlic, a little bit of thyme, onion powder, and then you add a squeeze of lemon juice and a little water, and you're good to go. So this all would go in a slow cooker for five to six hours on low. And, or you can do it in the Instant Pot for about 22 to 25 minutes. When they're all set and cooked, you make a glaze with balsamic vinegar, honey, and some of the jus, like that kind of juice, right, mm-hmm. that comes from the cooked ribs. You reduce it to a syrup and then brush it all over those ribs, like as a glaze. The ribs go under a broiler for two minutes. Then you pull them out, brush them down again with that glaze, and go for another two minutes. So how did your family like them, Betsy? Yeah, I ended up making these in the slow cooker. And oh, nice. yeah, my house smelled like ribs like <laughs> all afternoon, which was a good thing, but also kind of tortured everyone. Um, <laughs> I actually at one point was a little bit worried that we were just going to have sort of gray meat, but they ended mm. up being a little browned you know, a little browned and looked nice. And mm-hmm. then we pulled them out into the glaze and that was easy and nice. And I made some cream spinach and some um, polenta that I had to go with this. Kind of like, uh, you know. A little steakhouse kind of situation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So everyone was really happy about that. And we were just huge fans of this. I ended up getting the pork ribs that are cut apart already, you know. The, oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, you said so the country style ribs kind of thing. Sort of. It wasn't because hmm. they were still bone in. So it was not like I feel Interesting. like country style. Is, it was just like they had taken a spare ribs, you know, rack and cut them all apart. And cut them apart. So oh, each one had like that's a bone nice for and the a kids. little meat. Yeah. So that was great for the kids. Yeah, this was just really good. I'll have to tell you that this whole dinner, though, my husband is a veterinarian and the kids were like, this looks like a thigh bone. <laughs> yeah. They're like, is this a cow rib or a pig rib? And Brian's like, well, a cow rib would look flatter. And we're holding the bones up and like looking oh at goodness. very, it ended up, it took a weird turn. Um, <laughs> very educational. Yeah. But maybe I Maybe a little too close to home for some people, but. I know. I guess they're really comfortable with it, which is maybe an okay thing if you are. Grant did not. So Grant is my occasional vegetarian <laughs> with all of the Ooh, ribs. this talk, is a rough one. Yeah. He, he did not eat any of the ribs. Um, 
So fair enough. Yes, but everyone who was eating ribs was loving ribs. So right, there yeah, you go. us too. This was a huge hit, and mm-hmm. I was a little concerned because it's not a traditional rib kind of rub barbecue mm-hmm. sauce situation. Yeah. Yeah. James was a little skeptical at first, but then he dug right in and loved them. I think you're right. These do not come out of the pressure cooker looking super appetizing, mm-hmm. but the broiler really helped. Yeah. Like it went from like grayish kind of ribs to you're painting on this beautiful glaze and then you broil it up and it gets a little smoky, kind of burnt tasting, which in a good way, like burnt sugar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just like is what put it over the top. We ate these up so good. And next time ribs go on sale, I'll definitely make this recipe again. So this is a five out of five for me. I really liked it. Yeah, I liked this too. So I um I'm gonna give this one a four out of five. Mm-hmm. I um yeah, I liked it. I think if nice. the same thing, kind of if ribs go on sale, this is the recipe I'd make again. Mm-hmm. So winter time. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a little tricky because I did like a lot, of, you know, I these were all solid recipes this week. Yeah, yeah. But I you know, I think I'm gonna go with the tortellini minestrone soup. Mm, yeah. I'm gonna go with the ribs because mm. We, you know, as much as it turned into kind of an anatomy lesson, also <laughs> everyone really, really was happy about that meal. So nice. Yeah. And that's always nice to have. Mm-hmm. So if any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and our grocery list at dinnersisters.com. There you'll find links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we talked about, for instance, all the directions to the Instant Pot, and our shopping list spreadsheet. If you'd like to chat more with us, you can always ask to join our Dinner Sisters Facebook group. We are at Dinner Sisters Podcast on Facebook. So you just like type that in the search little bar and you can find us. All right, Kate, this week on the Smorgasbord, we're going to talk about something you and I have been actually hashing out a lot lately. Yeah. You know, sometimes when people ask about the podcast or when we force people to talk about our podcast, Mm -hmm. they are really amazed that you and I cook three recipes every week. You know, and I wonder if that's because people think we cook every other meal, but that's really not the case at all. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, (laughs) I get this question a lot and I we've sort of touched on this in the podcast before, Mm. but it's worth mentioning and kind of talking about what cooking at home looks like for us because we talk about it every week, but we don't Mm -hmm. actually talk about specifically. A little look behind the curtain, if Mm -hmm, you will. mm -hmm. So I generally make these recipes and cook. So I'll cook the three podcast recipes and I might cook one other time during the week. The other nights we'll have leftovers or something from the freezer or maybe takeout. You know, I'm generally not cooking more than these three recipes. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and with that, we'll have, like, one or two nights of leftovers. That gives me five nights. If we go out for dinner, we have sandwiches one night or something. That kind of covers us. Uh, And sometimes I just don't get to the recipes. And over the weekend, I end up making all three at once, and we have a podcast buffet. So (laughs) that happens, too. (laughs) Which, you know... Sounds yeah. delicious. Yeah. Um, if not a little all over the place. Yeah, I have also made some weird meals. So the other night was a chickpea salad mm-hmm. from a Palestinian cookbook that we're reviewing as a side to the ribs that we made for this episode. Right. Yes. Yes. I Which also was delicious, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. but not necessarily what goes on a restaurant menu. That said, James is like, I love 
have chickpea salad and ribs. This is an amazing meal. (laughs) She thought it was great. Uh Um, You know, I was like, I just need to get those ribs done. And I wanted to make that chickpea salad for lunch. So here we go. And plus, I, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this, too. It's this idea, like, we have the luxury of cooking three... I have the luxury of cooking three nights a week, and that's about what I do, too. Between, mm-hmm. like, the amount of people in our household, we don't need to cook. We Between leftovers and going out, three meals is perfect for us. But I also have the privilege of having the transportation, the funds, the time after work. You know, all of that matters when it comes to dinner time. My dinner looks a lot different now than when I was just out of college making a teacher's salary and working a second job. Um, you know, it's it's really in some ways a luxury to do what we do. And um, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Just to acknowledge that. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um I also tell people that I would absolutely not recommend cooking this way to anyone. (laughs) I'm like, don't do this. This is not normal. And this schedule and the 180 brand new recipes that I made last year was 100% because we produce a podcast based on testing new recipes. That is insane for a normal home cook. You know – stretching you a lot as a cook. I mean, your growth because of this podcast has been enormous, for sure. I think yeah. just because you've been re- making all these new recipes. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so I think like, if I wasn't doing this, finding five or six recipes that you really like and you can make and sort of get some muscle memory with and then adding something new to your rotation every once in a while would be an amazing accomplishment. Like, mm-hmm. I think that sounds like a kind of a goal to me um and we talk about like having a rotation like this is going to go into my rotation and those five or six recipes that i find that i really do like from the podcast that i make again on the days when i'm not making a podcast recipe and i just want to make something that you really liked that's my five or six recipes that are sort of in my rotation right now Um, i did right mm -hmm. i did the japanese vegetable pancakes from last night Yeah, from from the very first episode, because it is such a solid recipe. I can almost make it by heart from by now. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's like inexpensive, loads of veggies and kind of comfort food because it's pancakey to me, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And that's the kind of recipe that you should really be looking for. And that's the kind of recipe that I think we're hoping to bring to you all. Yeah, exactly. And so I will say also, we were being interviewed at one point in a a woman asked if we hate or have a vendetta against eating <gasps> yes. out. Do you remember this? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and we were like, absolutely not. I mean, I love it. So Indian takeout food is actually one of my favorite mm. things in the world. But I am not a billionaire. I do not have a personal chef. Right. And I also value home cooking. I mean, how could I not? I'm doing this podcast. But it's like a pragmatism. And then also philosophically, I, le- I align with this. But I love mm-hmm. some Indian takeout. So, I we mean, are, we are not against the eating out and the takeout and the everything else. I mean, also, I think, too, something that I know our mom likes to tease me about is like Katner restaurants, right? Mm-hmm. Going out to eat. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, on the other hand, I'm also, unfortunately, not a billionaire. Yeah. So I value home cooking for that very reason, too. I can sometimes make food that is um, really great. I mean, you made that sag paneer, mm-hmm. you know, was delicious. So, which was so good. Um, and it's just uh, if you have the means and the time and the space to cook, 
do it. You know, you get a lot out of it if you use recipes that work. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what we're really trying to get at is we hope through this podcast you're getting some recipes that you can actually use. It's healthier. It generally makes you happier. But, you know, time is a precious resource. And so we don't think you have to do this every night. (laughs) We certainly don't. I agree. And I actually had this great conversation with my friend, Ashley, who I know is an occasional podcast listener. Hey, Ashley. And hi, Ashley. And she had some great thoughts, which I thought I might pass along. And we were talking about how some people say that eating family dinners together is kind of the silver bullet for family Mm. uh, togetherness or kind of it will solve all your family problems. And she had said, what about taking a walk together? Or right. what about your family thing you do together is playing cards? Or what about something, you know, it doesn't have to be, and I thought that was a really good point because cooking in and of itself can seem very overwhelming sometimes. So it's mm-hmm. okay if you're the thing that makes you feel like you're having some good family time doesn't necessarily need to be a home-cooked dinner. It could be just a nice walk if you're having sandwiches or right. just a nice have, you know, calm yeah. reading a story at night because sometimes cooking can take up that time that needs to be otherwise spent. And I don't think we should feel guilty about that. Mm-mm. At the end of the day, all we want for everybody is for them to spend more time with the people that they love and love them. Yeah. 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 You know, going there deep go. this week, Kate. All right. Going deep. Going deep. You know what? Started with uh, some instant pot minestrone and we're ending with family time. Not bad. Not bad. All right. So coming up next week, we are doing another cookbook review and it is one we're really excited about. Kate, tell us a little bit about what we're what we're reviewing. Yes. So our fellow cookbook reviewer Tara picked Zaytun, which is a book about Palestinian cooking, and we are super excited to be cooking and reviewing from it. So uh, we'll share that with you next week. That's where that chickpea salad came from, which was delicious. Yeah, I can't wait. I still have to do my cooking for that. So we'll um, TBD, guys, TBD. (laughs) Um, But we'll be on. I will report back. All right. So that's what's for dinner. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com. We've got all the show notes, grocery lists, and other fun stuff. If you have some dinner ideas, you can always send us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at Dinner Sisters Podcast or Instagram also a Dinner Sisters podcast, if you're getting (laughs) the trend here, we would love to hear from you. Lastly, as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us and how Apple podcast fancy algorithm works. Thanks and happy eating. (laughs) 